everyone, and welcome back to the Call Her CEO podcast. I'm here with Alyssa from Easy Periods, and we are here to talk about women and periods and just basically everything, anything that we want to talk about for this week. Alyssa, welcome to the podcast. Uh, please feel free to introduce yourself. Tell me anything really interesting or anything like that you'd like to talk about even about your business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So I'm Alyssa. I'm also a Ryerson alum and I am the CEO and founder of Easy Period, which is a delivery service for organic cotton tampons and pads. So you order online and we deliver your tampons right to your door. And then we also donate 5% of our profits to delivering pads and health education to girls in Kenya. So we are just coming up on five years of business. I'm excited to chat all things periods with you today. With pads and like any feminine products, you're running the risk too. Like you have a lot of chemicals and things, even like on a more monetary side of things as well. It's like, it's expensive. Then you might be buying like a box or two. And if it's not just you, you might have people that you live with that are also like getting a period. You never think like the costs add up after a while. Totally. Yeah. There are quite a few barriers to kind of having consistent products at your disposal when you need them, as well as like safe products. So I'm happy to see a lot of organizations kind of championing this idea of period poverty um, and the fact that you know, when you go to a public restroom, there's toilet paper available, but tampons aren't something that's typically available, where if you go into a public restroom, use it, and they've run out of toilet paper, you'll survive. But if you get your period and you don't have anything to deal with that, it's a bit more of a difficult situation. I remember actually, I had read once, and I think it was an article or somewhere in the UK that they've actually started providing I think it's the UK, uh, like free, like period, like feminine products and stuff like that. Generally, like women do get their period around like anywhere from like age 12 to like 14 or 16, you know, it very, it depends on the woman. Not everyone has access to that. And like, even like if you're like in early high school or like elementary school too, like in elementary school, no one ever thinks of that. I remember like for myself, I'm thinking like, okay, like you got to have like your own little like pouch with like everything in it. You have to have like your like Midal or your Advil or whatever and it's like these are all things that like I didn't sign up for this (laughs) I didn't sign up for this Uh uh-huh I remember when I was in grade school if you did get your first period at school you had to go see the nurse and it's like I'm not sick I just got my (laughs) period like can we just have some tampons available in the washroom like let's not treat it like I'm suddenly ill like it's a normal thing so I work at a pharmacy which is like stocked to the hilt with like feminine products like anything that you can imagine I was like I'll go grab a box like off the shelf and like pay for it obviously but I'm even thinking I'm like oh my god like that's like seven dollars and there's like only like 15 in here like that's crazy and like the price and just like even like the inflation of just products like that in general and the best part too is that there's chemicals in there you know like just regular cotton like you were like like with your business it's like there's chemicals and like everything else like to absorb and just I don't know the whole thing is just like it's a billion dollar industry yet like for what Mm -hmm. yeah I see it kind of heading in the direction of condoms where like yes you can go to the drugstore you can pay for them you can choose the type you want but also if you can't afford them and you want to access them there's lots of places that you can go to get them for free 
And I think tampons should be very similar. Even like when you see in universities and stuff, like they always have like little like in residences or even like in other like faculties, they'll have like bins that have condoms in them. And it's like, mm-hmm. as we have, we never thought about doing that for tampons or like, why is it so taboo that like, we can't do that for tampons? Like uh-huh. we're promoting like safe sex, which is great, but like, why are we not also promoting like women's health either? You know, uh-huh. Uh-huh. for sure. For sure. And I think it's all kind of a product of like so many years of just silencing that experience and just not feeling comfortable talking about it. So of course there's no innovative solutions around it, but it seems like that's finally starting to change, which is amazing. I don't think that we're we're there yet when it comes to like this not being a taboo subject and like having to like tell somebody like, oh, I need to leave work. Like for example, for myself, I get really bad like menstrual cramps. A couple weeks back, actually, I had to leave work only like two hours in because I was in so much pain. Mm-hmm. And like to think about explaining that to like one of my male coworkers, like seems so like I'm like, okay, I don't want to do this. <laughs> like I really don't want to explain why I need to leave. <laughs> and like yeah. things I just told like one of my like female managers left and it was fine. It's awkward for women to talk about it because it's like you get the reciprocated reaction back from like men or like other people where it's like, oh, like suddenly it's like this really weird, awkward silence. And you're like, um, I'm just informing you because like, because I got to leave or like whatever, not because like (laughs) you need to really know the details. It's just like, I got to (laughs) go. Like, I don't know how else to put it to you. Like, sorry. Uh Even in university as well. Like, I mean, when you go through like grade school and like between like elementary school and high school people are still very taboo about the subject even though it's something that's like pretty well by high school at the end of high school has happened to everybody in elementary school and high school with my female friends you know we would have discussions about periods about our own whatever but then when it came to our male friends joining the conversation if we saw them coming like it would just we'd suddenly just be silent because it was like oh how how could we have that conversation like it's so awkward and like we just can't say that to them and meanwhile like we're kind of enabling that kind of behavior like with men in terms of like with men and women where it's like this is not a taboo subject or at least it shouldn't be Mm -hmm. and it's a natural part of life like yeah in reality like this is something that like mankind has been doing for years yeah centuries if anything but like you know it's not something that we need to really like hold off and like not talk about like I think it's even important in like schools too that like you need to have that kind of education for like women and men because it's just it's not just subject to women like you know what men will potentially have to deal with women in their life who are experiencing periods and things like that if they have daughters and stuff and it's like this shouldn't be something that like they have to like tiptoe around like they should be just as informed yeah for sure and I think yeah sometimes a lack of understanding makes people just shut down it's like I don't know enough about that so I'm not going to talk about it I don't want to hear about it but I think it's really important too because it's not just like when you're menstruating like those say like four to seven days when you're actually getting your period like our cycles affect our energy levels our mood our sleep all throughout the month so it's like we need to understand that and we need the people around us to understand that like you said when it comes to the workplace for example like we can't pretend that our energy level and our pain level is just the same throughout the month for some people. It's just not a supportive kind of way of being in the world. Like we need to be honest about our experience and then work to like create systems that can support that. I've always felt so embarrassed talking about it with like men in regards to like friends of mine or like my managers that were male or whatever. And 
I find that that kind of stemmed from like the energy obviously that they put out about it and if they're not like particularly pleased to hear about it they kind of like ignore the conversation and like I actually had an experience so back when I was probably about like 17 or 18 for context I'm like 21 now but anyway when I first started at my job I had to go home once because of my period and my manager at the time was a male. It was the most awkward moment of my life. I just like was like, I, you know, I really need to leave. And he's like, oh, like, are you okay? And I'm like, like, yes, but like not really okay enough to be here. So yeah. then when I had to like break it down, like I was like, uh, like a lady issue. And he was like, and I just saw his face just go from like what to like red he just looked like he wanted to die and I was like you and me both like I don't want to do this like can I leave now like now that we've had the awkward conversation can I go home <laughs> please uh-huh. Uh-huh. yeah and, like, it's so awkward to like talk about but like it's just not awkward because I want it to be awkward or like if you want it to be awkward it's like it's awkward because you don't know how to tell people like it should not be this weird Mm-hmm. I know I I tend to think like the first step is addressing it within ourselves like I think while we're still feeling awkward about it then we can't expect like a guy who doesn't understand it to not feel awkward and so I think it's like a process of unlearning like society's shame they've put on us and this idea that it's like gross or whatever that makes us feel awkward and then just owning it. Like, obviously I've had a lot of experience being in this industry. And so my thoughts about it are a lot different now and I don't really feel awkward. Like I'll bring it up. And if the person who's receiving it feels awkward, (laughs) I don't really care. Like, especially after our, like doing our marketing campaign, the no shame ads, a lot of people were really uncomfortable with that, but I almost got to the point where it's like, if you feel uncomfortable and you're facing it, then good. Like, let's get that out of the way. I think that being uncomfortable about situations, like aside from even period, just like anything in general, if it means that you're going to raise awareness about things, it's good. You should be uncomfortable because these types of conversations are supposed to be a little bit awkward or uncomfortable for everybody. So we can all understand like this is a part of life. When it comes to university, I think the environment is significantly different than how it was in elementary school and high school. And I know that a lot of the friends that I have in university that identify as a male, they are not particularly like concerned about it. It's like a very mm-hmm. common thing to be like, oh, like so-and-so, do you have a pad? Do you have a tampon? You know, we don't make it so like, oh, like this is so hush-hush. Like, it's like, no, like we're not, we're gonna be open about it because now it's like, you're at that point in life where you're an adult, you know, you're gonna be off in the workforce and <laughs> in your industry doing your thing. And you shouldn't be tiptoeing around something that is like, so natural and like the human function mm-hmm, for sure yeah I think there's a lot of like women's issues that are considered taboo like even when you think about childbirth if you get too in-depth when it comes to that I guarantee the people in the room will start to squirm but it's like does that mean that we shouldn't talk about it it's pretty vital it's pretty important and I think there's specific things that can't move forward until we have those conversations like products that are toxic and bad for our health it's like if we're not talking about this then that's just going to continue to be the norm but if we can like find the bravery to like move past that discomfort we can then say like no you know what I deserve safe products like it's sitting in a really permeable part of my body I don't want it to have bleach byproducts or pesticides in it like I'm going to advocate 
for myself because I'm comfortable too. It's important. I appreciate like what you're doing and everything because obviously like we keep saying is that it's not something that we're necessarily like, talking about all the time. What you're doing with like having like things organic and all that stuff, that is like a breakthrough in like the feminine industry that like some companies, I don't think that they really consider doing. And I feel mm -hmm. like when you have like those natural products and you have like the opportunity to invest in something like that that's like the best thing that you can do for like other women out there so like I appreciate what you're doing I think that's like really great and everything with like your business and everything so I did like take a look at your website and everything and see it's like mainly like the pads and tampons and stuff but were you planning to expand to other feminine products or like kind of expand outwards into other like women's health related products it's definitely something that I've considered like I know a lot of people who are moving toward like a cup or period underwear like there's so much innovation happening right now which is amazing so those are things we're considering but I think there's also still a place for disposables that are biodegradable and have no plastic in them like so there's a mindfulness around kind of the footprint but there are still a lot of people who want a disposable so I think we're still offering a service that's really valuable and then we always want to be kind of listening to the customer and adjusting with what they want. In terms of women's health, if there was anything that you could change about the curriculum that you would learn from like elementary school through high school, what is one thing that you would want to change about it? <laughs> That's a really good question. Well, I know for me in school, when we learned about periods, they literally split up the boys and the girls, like all the girls went in one classroom with a, a female teacher and vice versa for the boys. And I think that sets a precedent right away. This is our issue. You don't need to know about this and, and you deal with your stuff and we, we don't want to know about it. Of course, we both need to know what's going on. Like, I think we've learned so much about the fact that not everybody even identifies as either just male or female. So like, it's just not appropriate to really just be segregating the sexes and only teaching curriculum that they think pertains to them. So I think that for me would be the biggest thing. And also teaching about like the cycle as a whole. So like that there are different phases of the cycle throughout the month and menstruation isn't the only part of it. I honestly didn't learn that until way later in life and having an understanding of that helped me understand my own mood so much better and like plan when I should have meetings versus when I might be feeling really tired right before my period and I should hold off like I think it's just really good knowledge to have about self. So when I was even in elementary school and high school, so for a little bit of context here, I went to a Catholic high school and I Same. think that's already enough. Yes. <laughs> so I remember in grade nine, when we were in our health class, because I went to an arts high school. So my gym class was actually boys and girls, but in other, usually it is segregated though, but in this mm -hmm. time it was boys and girls. And I remember like when we were talking about health, there wasn't enough boys to necessarily like segregate, but I guess they were still holding up that tradition of like segregating like the boys and the girls. So I remember like the four boys that were in my class, like left the class. And then there's like, there's like this 20 group, group of 20 girls. Okay. And we're having this conversation about like periods and like all that other stuff and like sexual health and all those things. And then, you know, it didn't dawn on me until probably like my first year of university where I realized like, oh my God, like, I don't know anything like I have no idea but like <laughs> the vice versa nobody knows what's going on like and I remember too like so out of all of my friends I call myself the mom friend it's been like that for years for me like I kind of realized like how 
quote unquote uneducated I was on the on the matter. And I started doing my own research with credible sources, of course. For anybody who's doing research on that stuff, please make sure it's credible sources because you do not want the wrong information. Yeah. You want to go in with the most credibility as you can. I remember doing like so much research and like figuring out like, okay, like, you know, what does this mean? What does that mean? And like, what are like all these things? And even like with certain people's like bodies, like there's different things. I've heard so much now about PCOS and like post-cystic ovarian syndrome and that was like such a very like quiet and like not talked about thing ever or like even endometriosis mm-hmm. all that stuff like no one ever talked about that I never learned about that in school so there were so many fundamental things about my body that I didn't know and so true yeah and you know you go through like your, your like your early 20s and this is something that like people think you know but you you don't know and you yeah especially like if the environment that you're in is not like teaching that I mean I'm sure it's like that in public schools I only speak on Catholic schools because that was for me like you I always had really painful cramps and I just remember in high school going to the doctor talking about that and the immediate answer to that was birth control right away at like 16 Mm -hmm. and it's like now I'm off birth control and I'm trying to learn different ways to manage it and trying to understand like the underlying causes of that pain and like you said like endometriosis I have adenomyosis like different stuff that I just I was never I never heard of I had to google it when the doctor told me about it but it's just really interesting like clearly there's a lack of kind of research being done there's a lack of information I know a lot of menstrual health issues just go undiagnosed because a lot of doctors just kind of minimize the pain around it or just expect oh you should be in pain when you're on your period when in fact it often means there's some sort of underlying issue that needs to be looked at yeah I think like I think that the kind of silence and shame around the topic has so many trickle down effects beyond just individual shame or embarrassment no for sure and I think too that the way that they want people to deal with it is like through medication and through like harmful quote-unquote things in your body when in reality like why couldn't you find a natural way like I know for myself as an example um that was like also they also said like oh you should take birth control and all that stuff and to be quite honest I decided against it because I knew that there was probably going to be like other issues like down the road Mm -hmm. and I know that I hear so many things like I've had I have still friends that are on birth control and the way that they felt emotionally or how they felt physically was just genuinely it was unbearable for some people because of the types they were taking and how it affected their body and I guess like with that being said it's one of those things where it's like you still should have like a more natural alternative or like there's got to be more research done on the ways that you can kind of cope with things like endometriosis or PCOS or any other um like uh, situation that like women would have with like relation to menstrual cycle or like fertility and stuff I know for myself I don't have dairy anymore because I can't because it doesn't make me feel good but then like your gut health and everything contributes to the rest of your body and during that time of the month like, if I have something with cream in it I'm done like that, that <laughs> whole that whole week is a write-off like you know what I might as well just like crawl in bed for the week and just say like peace out no one talking to me for the week but like it's things like that that like you know what they need to come up with like better pain alternatives that are more natural so I'm not sitting in bed for a week crying I mean like at least crying is fine but like not in my bed (laughs) yeah still might be crying no for sure I like my heating pad is my savior for my periods and at least now there's like CBD products and like various things we can be trying I don't know if 
if they actually make a difference. Yeah, I'm not, it's not really fun to just be told birth control is your only option. Like, good luck, see ya. And you know what the thing is too, is that like, even when they do recommend things like CBD, is there enough research that's backed up like behind it that mm-hmm. that's even safe? Like, you know, True. you're running through all these foods because like, even if you find natural alternatives that would work for your body, is that safe in the long run? Are you doing some harm to your body? Are you going to affect like, you know, your biological clock with like your fertility, like, you know, and especially too, when you're young, like those are all things that like, you don't really need to think about, or you don't think you need to think about all factors that go into women's health all affect each other. Mm-hmm. It's not just like subject to just like your menstruation cycle. Like, you know, we're talking about even like your sexual health, your fertility, like everything is like connected. And I know like this whole discussion is more supposed to be about periods, but in reality, like if we don't talk about it all, are we really like breaking the stigma of mm-hmm. in general? You know? For sure. I had a call earlier today with two women out of Vancouver who are working on like a piece of tech that's meant to build an algorithm based on a bunch of women's data about hormones. And it's like a period tracker that's not just a calendar. So you're tracking symptoms every day and then it goes with your heart rate and your temperature to get a better understanding of the hormonal fluctuations that we experience throughout the month. And what they were saying was that other period apps or like, for example, your Apple Watch, any tracking for a woman is based on data that's been taken from men. And then they just say a woman is basically 75% of a man. That's how they like get the woman's normative data. And so this uh, piece of tech that they're working on is called My Normative, and it's gonna be based on women's data rather than just pretending women are just like a fraction of men. I did not know that about the Apple data. And you know what? That's something that you would think that by this point in the game, in terms of like the, you know, with the technology that's out there, that they would have found something. I mean, I'm so thankful that these ladies have found it. Right? gadget that can do that but like you think it's so late in the game like okay like I'm 21 and you think in the past 21 years we have gone from like you know cell phones that were flip phones to like (laughs) my face opens up my iPhone honestly we have come a very long way yeah I think they need to start comparing things like to women and like they need to start thinking about like them as a whole or people who identify as women you know like that kind of Mm -hmm. if you don't consider those people as like their own entity like women as their own entity and men as their own entity like what are you what are you doing like what are you gonna mm-hmm. are you gonna get like an accurate representation because like in reality like, I don't know if you've ever seen like these like those YouTube videos of like men with like birth stimulators or like cramp stimulators uh-huh. they level four they're like I can't do this I'm like welcome to my life this is Honestly. every 28 to 30 days <laughs> like welcome yeah, and it's just kind of like downplayed. It's insane. Even when it comes to like pain in terms of like when you tell other people, there are some women who don't experience cramps. You're God's favorite. I just want to say that. Honestly, I don't understand that. It's When people tell me that, I'm just like, I don't trust you. Like what, how is that possible? <laughs> how do you go about life like with no cramps? Like, can you tell me? Like, what's the secret? And like, yeah, because like, it's a more the period like painful periods has been more of a hereditary thing for me and this has like my mom my grandmother me my too everybody has been in the same boat and I remember <laughs> my mom and I were talking about this and when she was working in like the corporate world she had a manager that didn't get painful periods and oh no 
bad ones and would have to leave work and she just didn't understand why she'd be like oh well why do you need to leave whatever and like you'd think that as a woman you just feel like even in the slightest but sympathetic and then it wasn't until after this woman had kids that she realized because some people apparently it reverses mm-hmm. she had kids she was like oh my god like i understand what you mean now and whatever and it's like that's even something that like even other women are not as educated on unless it's happened to you even other women don't know enough about like their own bodies or like women's bodies in general that they're making like a general assumption about how everybody works when in reality like it's not like that for everyone like not everybody gets to like you know just get their period four days go by and they're like okay i felt nothing that was just like an average just an average like sunday to wednesday week (laughs) i can't even imagine that i can't either i can't imagine like the world i can't imagine like living a life where like i don't have a painful period but like at the same time too in my personal opinion i don't know what you think but i have a feeling that a lot of this kind of does contribute to like dietary things but not necessarily our own dietary habits but what's in our food very possible i wouldn't be surprised i've seen a couple of things about that and like to be honest with you i just don't think there's been much research like that can back it up at this point in time but i've seen things that they're like oh yeah like the things we eat or like you know the activities we do or like what we put in our bodies but like how do we know like for sure and then like how do we fix that like is there Mm -hmm. that like or do we need to now like have like a different alternative that can like help us in that kind of like in that time of the month? Like, you know, where do we, where do we go from here basically? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. If that's the problem, like what's the solution? Cause just tell us we'll do it. Like exactly. There's still a lot of research that is done with women's health. I don't think that there's always enough research done. And I think that there's still more that we can do. And there's still more that like can be done. And I know that too, like, there's been like significant progressions when it comes to even the, like a workplace mindset of like fertility. I know I've read many articles about like really large companies like Facebook or Google, part of their benefits plan pays for their employees to like freeze their eggs. And so wow. you can like have that time, like you, to, you know, have your career. And then when you are ready to have kids, you can kind of go back to that, do like in vitro fertilization or any other forms of like insemination and kind of get to it. And I think that more and more companies now are becoming a little bit more sensitive per se to women's health and to like that kind of thing. Cause they realize that it's so important that you have like, it's important first of all, as a company, like in terms of like what your image is like, if a woman wanted to have kids as an example, they would think, okay, I'm going to go work there because like, that's what you support that stuff. Like you support mm-hmm. like that like course of treatment and things like that. But I find that too, like when you kind of are in an environment where that's not like not necessarily not acceptable but it's just like not a very common thing like you almost feel like you have pressure to be on a timeline at that point biological clock and stuff like that but I think like those opportunities and like just even that technology in general is something that like people shouldn't take for granted and if you can use it like you should if it's like you know again if it fits into your timeline or if it's like something that like you know you're looking at doing because like you'd like to pursue your career first or whatever like you know it's just you're not subject to just like having kids and then like having like having your career having kids and maybe not going back to your career or whatever like you know at least like yeah yeah it's pretty incredible that that's available to us now women of the past would have been like what like so shocked to know that this is how we've evolved and i think too like i know that for myself when it comes to like even like seeing how things have progressed like for women just even in general you know you never realize that things really were not this good 
like we talked about we're, we were talking about like you know like people not being as educated on like women's health and things like that but in reality I just can only imagine what it was like like years ago like not even like 50 years ago as an example like this is not a conversation people would be having much less on a podcast but like you know this is not a conversation that people would be having with anybody mm-hmm. I know like culturally too in some cultures it's still really taboo like I I worked with a friend who is Egyptian and she said that in her culture, they're not supposed to use tampons, I think ever, but specifically before they've had sex and they're not supposed to have sex till marriage. But they think if you use a tampon when you're a virgin, that it it takes away your virginity. And so like she would buy tampons, but have to like hide them in her house because it were not allowed. I've- so that kind of thing is just like really hard to imagine. And you know what, even in other parts of the world too, I've read a lot of things that like, they're still practicing like where the idea of like menstrual cycles are super taboo and they just don't talk about it or it's like not something that is like necessarily accepted, I guess. Oh, yeah. And there's so much, there's so much talk about that where like, you know, in the Western world, I mean, we're still not as advanced as we should be in my personal opinion. But like at least we're somewhere like we're a few years ahead per se of like what we could have been I mean like in reality like we're just saying like years ago people never talked about period people never like had that discussion it was all very like taboo like okay don't tell me that you have your period or don't talk about it with me because it's like weird but now it's like at least we can talk about it like you you started like a business for even like organic products for feminine like feminine products because sometimes like you got to break through at some point you know we can't always <laughs> just be on like this like linear path and it always takes like those few people that kind of like break that bubble for everybody it's like listen this is the reality and you either like accept it or you learn to accept it because like after a while like I'm sure like I hope that when I have kids that the idea like around periods is like not the way it is today I hope it's more advanced because we need it to be like that and I know that if I end up having boys like I'm still going to teach them like this is what happens like you get to know everything because you should because Mm -hmm. you're not subject to like less knowledge of the matter just because you don't have a uterus not how it works for sure and yeah understanding something makes you have a better appreciation and respect for it so that you're not going to just like make jokes or you know be disrespectful or assume that like if somebody's in a bad mood they're on their period like things like that you see in pop culture and stuff like it's yeah it's just important to be honest about it and have like men in the conversation as well I find that the jokes about oh are you on your period like things like that like I think at first it was just like embarrassing when you would hear that like in high school it's like oh like no like you'd be defensive and I was just like okay are you dense or like yeah or a reflection of you and like also too I think that it's there's a there's a, the way like it's the subtext of how you say something too because if you're genuinely asking still a little bit personal but at least you're asking <laughs> nicely I will take that but if you're asking me in a condescending manner I will not hesitate to put you in your place especially if it's that time of the month I'll be like yeah actually I am do you want to get out of my face now <laughs> like, no thanks like I'm not dealing with that because you know even to like we did not come this far in like women's rights and all this stuff for someone to condescendingly ask me if I'm on my period because I was standing up for myself or I was like angry about something like no I don't 
you I wouldn't ask you a question like that and you shouldn't ask me a question like that it's just how mm -hmm. it is mm -hmm. and like do you understand the science behind that like do you understand the hormonal fluctuations sometimes like even like the way women feel is like really like downplayed and they're like oh you don't it's not that bad or you know like I had that and I was fine or whatever and like you don't realize that everybody is different and you can't just like discredit how someone's feeling on a physical level even emotionally but like physically when it comes to like women's health because you know like that could end up being something serious and if you continue to dismiss people that person like might end up with like serious consequences and it could have been something that was like so treatable and like something that you could fix mm -hmm, for sure yeah I have some friends who finally got diagnosed with endometriosis but to get there they had to see like multiple doctors they were in such severe pain and they couldn't seem to get an answer beyond like you just have painful periods so there comes a point where you kind of have to like advocate for yourself and just take it into your own hands and seek out second opinions or third opinions until you get an answer that feels like it fits that's it's funny that you say that because even for myself I actually when it's like my menstrual cycle I usually am like so like because I'm in so much pain there have been instances where I either throw up or pass out because like the level of pain that you can handle is yeah. just like you've exceeded that and, <laughs> um, and you're like okay like I can't do this and it's funny because even I remember even in high school having to like go home sometimes because I was feeling so terrible and like I couldn't focus and then like you're in such like a terrible frame of mind too because like you obviously like you're not feeling that great but then like you're dealing with like other stuff in that area mm -hmm. and then you're also like okay like I have to like go about life like nothing's wrong now like yeah. I have to just pretend like I am doing just fine even though I literally want to curl up in a ball and cry yeah yeah, and I'm just bleeding profusely, casually. Exactly. Like, it's like, oh, I'm <laughs> casually bleeding, but, like, I'm here. I'm mentally present. Meanwhile, I'm, like, thinking about, like, many other things because I'm in, like, way too much pain to, like, can do that stuff, to do anything productive. What's your, like, opinion on, like, the whole, like, period days, like, you know, where people can get, like, days off from work be if they have their period, like, they're specific to, like, people with, like, mm -hmm. periods? Like what's your like yeah well I would be into that personally because okay. I wish that existed because I'd have to like fight through it or I would take off days if it was really really bad or just be there and like be on painkillers to get through it so if it didn't have to be an issue that got brought up every month and it was just kind of built in I think that would be great and I think if men menstruated that that would be a thing no question yeah no for sure there'd be because they'd be like oh, like here's the equality, but it's like equality is what's good for like the people that need it. Because mm -hmm. it's like, it's not just like even subject to like women's health. Like if we're talking about like anything, like even when you have like accessibility, do you think that that's many years ahead? Or do you think that that could be something in like the near future that they will start doing companies? I did an article about it a while back because Nike, I know does that. So some companies have caught on and I think weirdly in China they that's a thing in their culture I have to look into it more but I remember reading that way back so some companies seem to be on board and I think it's probably going to be dependent on how much of a, like a fuss people kick up about it I don't think they'll just do it out of the goodness of their hearts yeah I kind of I see what you mean on that <laughs> because I think that 
that's kind of like essentially let's say as an example they did like two days every month like you're not doing it like it's not just like every year you get two days we're talking about like every menstrual cycle which could be like anywhere from like probably like 11 to 13 depending on like your frequencies and a number of factors but that's like two days and it's like based on like how many female staff that you are people who have uterus like people who are uh who get their period like that's Mm -hmm. you're talking about like many factors but I still think too that it's hopefully I mean like based on even what you're saying too like it's probably a little bit closer than we think it's just a matter of like how all of that's going to be considered like in the big picture too because now you're like you're thinking about like maybe some people like don't need the both let's say they don't need two days or maybe like the first two days are really bad but like you know I don't know like there's a number of factors I think that when we come when it comes down to like period days that some people may need more than two days but was it going to be mm-hmm. people's needs or like, you know, like what's the situation there? Yeah. Yeah. There's some logistics to kind of work out. Hopefully one day though. I'm so, thank you for having this conversation with me. I really think that like, My pleasure. women's health obviously is incredibly important and I'm really glad that everything that you're doing with your business, like as I've been doing research on your, on your business as well, but even just like, I really will, um, keep in contact with like everything that you're doing and stuff because I think that it's great and I think that there's more conversations that need to be had about this kind of stuff so Alyssa thank you very much for being on the podcast thank you for having me no problem I'm so glad that we got to like a range of time and everything I think that this is a conversation that was definitely long overdue for women's health and like for periods and stuff so I'm really glad that we got to be a part of the conversation together yeah yeah so anyone who's looking for us um, easyperiod.ca is where you can purchase product and if you want to follow us on socials it's at easy period great perfect thank you so much Alyssa. Uh, take care and i hope to connect with you soon in the future for sure thank you so much